Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret society. Secret oaths. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. to Prophecy Zone. My name is Christine Wyke, and I am filling in for Phil today. We are going through the book of Revelation verse by verse, and actually we're taking a little bit of a jump ahead here because I am trying to kind of work with Revelation here in the sequence of events. And we have described in chapter 17 the woman on the beast. Um, she is also what's called the, the great harlot or the great prostitute. She is linked together with the Antichrist. That is the beast that comes out of the sea. And next week we will go over the relationship of how this woman is to the Antichrist. And after we get through today's segment, you, are, you will understand how this could be possible. First of all, we need to go back again over the women of the book of Revelation. They are all movements or religions of sorts. I'll kind of explain that in a very simple way. The bride of Christ or the virgin, the bride of Christ, is obviously the the church. These are a group of believers who have been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. They are born-again believers. So we know that that is a metaphor, a woman being a metaphor for a group of believers of like-mindedness. We have the woman with the 12 stars, sun and the moon, that we understood also is a group of Messianic Jews. These are Jewish, coming from the land of Israel, who have a common belief, and that is, again, the belief of Jesus Christ. Here we have an opposite. Um, 
if we have a virgin bride, God makes a direct opposite, which is then linked to Satan, and that is a prostitute. Obviously, directly opposite of a virgin bride would be a harlot or a prostitute. Adultery in God's eyes is the worship of somebody somebody else or another idol. And we will see that this particular group of believers, um, or I don't say group of believers, these are a group of like-minded people who have a belief system in the worship of something else. And that will be obviously the Antichrist. First of all, let's go to Revelation 17, verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1. One of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. And with her the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Now, in this previous chapter of Revelation, we... Um, or I should say not the previous chapter, but in Revelation 12, we saw the woman who was pursued by a dragon. Uh, she was also rescued by God. But here we have another woman mentioned, but this one is hated and punished by God. Let's use the same rule of interpreting the metaphors of a woman as being a religious movement. Now, we can also identify then that this is a group of unbelievers, and they share a common belief that will go against God. Now, before I go any further, let me make this very clear. In Revelation 18, verse 4, a, vo a voice is heard from heaven calling the people of God from out of this woman. And the woman is this great prostitute. That, to me, is a clue. And this is a very strong clue of well, how I'm going to interpret this woman and who she is. But this is a very strong clue that there are believers who were originally caught up in this religious movement, but will leave it. <coughs> Look at the fact that this prostitute, being that she is a direct opposite of a bride, she's going to be punished, but she sits on many waters. Um, this is actually explained later. But many kingdoms and rulers will follow her advice and get caught up with this religious organization. This religion or the adulteries that the kings partake in will be the worship of other things besides God. That's what causes the adultery that the governments partake in. This could also be, obviously, the worship of the Antichrist himself. That is why the woman and the beast are linked together. <coughs> the peoples of the, inner, of the earth are intoxicated or swept up in the feeling of euphoria. There is going to be such a high wave of public opinion that everybody will be involved, regardless if the worship or the adulteries of this woman are wrong. It is the peer pressure here. If one does it, who is very popular, I believe Hollywood would be the first one to start out with. The whole rest of the world will follow. Revelation 17, verse 3 through 5. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet 
was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with the abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. This was the title that was written on her forehead. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. Now, what would be the link here is the color of the beast is red, just like the color of the dragon. Now, we will see this, the relationship later as we get through next time. If we don't get through this whole segment this time, we will catch it in two weeks. But we will show the relationship of the beast here with the with Satan. The seven heads and the ten horns I will also get into later. That's going to take a whole 30 minutes just to explain that. But let's notice what the woman is wearing. I am going to start giving you clues here as to who I think the Antichrist will, um, excuse me, who the great prostitute will be. But I'm going to kind of lay out the clues very uh very openly, very clearly here. And keep in mind, this is not going to be offensive to a religious faith, or it may be, but remember, Christ calls his people from out of her. First, let's notice what the woman is wearing, for it is a clue to her identity. What religion comes to mind when you mention the colors of red and purple? Now add a bunch of gold, jewels, and pearls. (coughs) These items all represent pomp, stature, a man's glory of himself. I think the golden cup here is your biggest clue. Why not the golden goblet of communion, the most holy of sacraments? All these clues fit the description of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. The caption on her forehead also describes her as mysterious. Most Catholics have no clue as to why rituals are performed or what they even stand for. Much of the symbolism that is used in the Catholic Church today is unknown to many of its parishioners, and I believe there are so many different rituals that I don't know if anybody in particular even knows of them all. Babylon is also Rome. The woman here is also Babylon. Now, we have a clue that <coughs> that is found in 1 Peter 5, verse 13. Peter is talking about a woman, a human. Now, this is an actual woman, a human person, who he knows that is living in Rome. Where some of the believers that are located there, this is where part of the church was located. Now, the NIV version of the Bible states that the location of the woman is in Babylon. But the old city of Babylon was already destroyed and nowhere near Peter had been. Old Babylon was in Iraq. Peter was never known to have been in Iraq. However, Peter was in Rome. Now, if you take, maybe you have a different Bible version than the NIV But if you go to 1 Peter 5, verse 13, many Bible versions already translate this word of Babylon to be the city of Rome. That right there is your first clue biblically, that the Babylon mentioned in Revelation is also the city of Rome. Now, I'm going to extend that further. Furthermore, all Catholic churches follow the advice of a mother or the Vatican Another idea here, 
many, most of our Christian, religious, Protestant faiths have all come from the Roman Catholic Church. They have all split off. Is there a possibility that many of these faiths that you see distinct from the Catholic Church now, Presbyterian, Protestant, uh, even Pentecostal, is it possible that all these tend to go back to the Vatican, to the original Catholicism during these last days under the Antichrist? That is also a possibility. Revelation 17, verse 6. I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. Then I saw her. I was greatly astonished. And the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has seven heads and ten horns. Now, let's understand here that the movement or this great prostitute is the Catholic Church. It is the religion that will be responsible for the persecution of the believers during the tribulation period. If you think this is impossible, think back only a few hundred years in which this actually took place during the Inquisition. Those who think think they are doing the will of God will in their own minds believe they are justified in their actions. This line of thinking will become a rampage of violent behavior so severe that the Holocaust will look like a picnic when we see the rise of the Antichrist and the Catholic Church in its pursuit of the believers during this new persecution. But why is John astonished? In this part of Revelation, verse 6, John is astonished, amazed, like, how could this be? type of attitude (coughs) he cannot believe what he has seen and this is another clue as to how this woman could be the catholic church in his day it was the pagan governments even jews who were known to persecute the christians the pagan governments who didn't think the christians belonged would persecute them as a result But here in Revelation, John is seeing a church claiming to follow the principles of Christ that is shedding the blood of the saints. And the word saints is defined as those claiming to be the testimony of Jesus Christ. These are believers. So now you can understand why John is amazed. He always knew it as governments of the pagans would go after Christians. Now he's just in awe or just shocked how could it be that a Christ, that a christian church would go after believers that was just bizarre to him that that was so foreign to him revelation 17 verse 8 <coughs> the beast which you saw once was now is not will come out of the abyss and go to his destruction the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast, because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. In verse 9, the Bible calls for a mind of wisdom. I have struggled with this verse 8 to the point where we will actually need the wisdom early. Look at this verse closely. It will be repeated later. Now put on your thinking cap with me and reread it. 
This verse is difficult to comprehend actually happening. Even the outside world is astonished by the event that occurs in this verse. Now, the beast is a government ruled by one man, the Antichrist. The woman who rides on the beast, the Catholic Church, is the religion of the Antichrist. These three are closely intertwined with each other. It is accurate to state that this is an evil trinity. It is not to be complete, one without the other. Now, the beast mentioned in, verse, in this verse is a single person. A government cannot come from hell, but an individual can. An individual can also be a government. This is a clue that the government will be a dictatorship, one man ruling over the entire world. The picture of the woman riding the beast, but not able to control it, backs this up. In addition, the beast allows the woman to ride it, but it takes her wherever it wants to go. The church, now I'm talking the Catholic church here, will not be able to control the Antichrist. However, the Antichrist will use the church to control the world. Can you now see the relationship between possibility of a pope being your Antichrist and the church being your beast? Now, the beast is said to come out of the abyss, which is hell. It must be someone who was sent there earlier in order to have gone into hell. He lived before the time of John, was dead at the time of John, and will come back to life again. Are we talking a reincarnation here? Of who? Well, someone who lived before the time of John, was dead at the time of John when he got the vision, and it would be, have to be someone that the world would know. Now, a few people come to mind here. Now, I'm out on a limb here. What person stands out in your mind as coming from a Roman Empire who was dead before John, was, well, I'm sorry, was alive before John, was dead at the time John wrote Revelation, and it's possible that he would come back and everybody would know his name. I call it a four-letter word named Nero. He fits the clue here. He was dead when John was in prison because Nero would not have exiled John. He would have killed him outright. The emperor Domitian was the one that placed John in isolation. Now, most people know Nero on a first-name basis. He was one of the most notorious Roman empires, persecuted the church relentlessly, and was known to have set Rome on fire, blaming it on the Christians. Can you understand the shock of the unbelievers, those who are not found in the book of life, when his identity is revealed? Now, I will explain later, maybe in two or three weeks, how this reincarnation happens according to the word of God. Revelation 17, verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. I think here is your strongest clue to the Catholic Church being the woman. The seven heads are also seven hills. Where is the city that sits on seven hills? 
It is located in Italy, the city of Rome. Now, Rome was known in John's day to sit on seven hills geographically. John even knew this in his times. If you would ask a travel agent today for information on a vacation to the, quote, city of seven hills, end of quote, you would be sent where? To Rome. Now, in argument, it could be said that there are many other cities built on seven hills. Rio Janeiro is one of the many. However, there is only one where the entire city is confined to a religion ruled <clears throat> ruled by the authority of one man. Now, the Vatican has always been linked to Rome. The name of the religion was always referred to as the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Now, remember, the woman we already identified is the religion of the Catholic Church. We know that city is, sits in Rome. Where does the religion of Catholicism sit? We can understand that Mormonism sits in Utah. We know that Judaism, or the religion of the Jews, sits in Jerusalem. Can we now conclude that Catholicism, the woman, the religious movement of the Catholic Church, sits on a city that sits on seven hills, which is Rome? Revelation 17, verse 10. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is. The other has yet to come. When he does come, he must remain for a little while. The seven heads are a symbol for seven kings or kingdoms. These are kingdoms or empires that have ruled the area surrounding the Mediterranean. There have been six empires from the history of the world. Here they are in order of existence. You have Egyptian as your first civilized civilization. This is a combination of having a government, having an army, um, having a rule of power. There is a number of, you would say, adjectives that need to describe a civilization. The first one of existence is the Egyptian. The next one that followed was the Assyrian. Babylonian followed the Assyrian. Medo-Persian followed the Babylonian. We know that record in Daniel. Greek, with Alexander the Great, conquered the Medes and the Persians. And the Romans conquered the Greek. Now, you would say, oh, what about the Chinese dynasty? Dynasty. What about other uh, civilizations? We have to remember that this is the area of the Middle East, God, when he talks in his word concerning his people, he is regarding the area surrounding Israel. These five kingdoms here, or six actually, including the Roman one, uh, no, no, five, the Egyptian, Syrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persian, the Greek, and the Roman. I guess there are six there. Anyway, this is is the area that was controlled where John was, the area of the Middle East, the area around Israel. We need to focus on that that area and the kingdoms that ruled that area there. At the time of John, five of these empires or kings had already fallen. We know that. The one is, in quote, 
is the current Roman Empire. And we knew that was the ruling empire at the time of Jesus. Also, obviously, at the time of John. Now, the Roman Empire ruled that area until after the death of Alexander the Great, who was the Greek. The other yet is not in power. There are no ruling empires since the fall of Rome. It is still coming. It's the empire of the Antichrist. Now, this exact same symbolism can be found in Daniel. Daniel's interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. It also holds a clue to what the next kingdom will be. Found in Daniel chapter 2, the statue in the dream represented the empires that were come to power. Remember this, the head of gold was the Babylonian Empire who was controlled by Nebuchadnezzar himself. His successor was conquered by the Medo-Persians, which is also recorded in Daniel, which were the chest and arms of silver. These are split to show the empire was divided in two. The Medes and the Persians ruled the area together. Next came the bronze belly and thighs. Now this represents the kingdom of Greece. Catch it here now. The legs of the statue are made of iron. This represents the Roman Empire. It is split into two of them, into the Western and the Eastern Roman Empires. The big clue here that lies in the feet of the statue, it is made of both iron and clay. So, as an easy, clear interpretation, the feet represent the final king or the Antichrist, who is partly iron, which means he is partly Roman. Here is your strongest clue that the government of the Antichrist will come from Rome. Notice also, the feet are split. A split personality? Remember that. We will get to that later. In Revelation 17, verse 11, the beast who was and now is not is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. Here again is the description of a reincarnation, also of the Antichrist that is coming. He belongs to the original empires, but it includes the seventh one as well. This is where it gets confusing. This reincarnated Antichrist, which is the eighth king, will be a part of the Roman Empire, which is also the sixth king, which could be Nero. He could also be the one world government, which is the seventh. If you really are confused, <laughs> check with my website, www.explainthis.us. And my website there, click on the articles. It says free articles. You may click on uh, the rise of the Roman Catholic Church there and also the, um, the 666. Will the next pope be the Antichrist? This is very possible if you reread Revelation and put the pope as your Antichrist and the Roman Catholic Church as the great harlot or the, the woman who rides on the beast, you will find 
that revelation becomes very clear to understand and that these two fit the subject line of revelation. Now, something, too, that I need to, again, make very clear. Anytime I bring up the Catholic Church, people automatically think, okay, she's totally against the Catholic Church. That's not it at all, because there are believers in this Catholic Church. If we get a pope, another pope, now what I'm going to do is, my next segment here next week, I want to discuss how we could link the clues in Revelation, including the big one with the numerical code of the 666, how that can be directly linked to the office of the Pope. But we will also talk of the possibility of how the next Pope coming could be the one person who flips around the Catholic Church. Look at the way he is worshipped now already by those of the Catholic Church and also by the rest of the world, actually. Anytime there's a major news event, the Pope's got to weigh in and put in his two cents, and that's perfectly fine. But there's many people that already worship him thinking he is coming from God. Now keep in mind, if we get a Pope that will be the animal or the beast that the Catholic Church rides on, he can take that Catholic Church anywhere he wants to. And according to Daniel, he will change the times. He will forget the gods of his forefathers, which means he will lose God altogether. If a Pope makes a rule, all the church must follow it. And I do believe that in the end times, we're going to see the rise of a pope who was going to flip the Catholic church over. And the believers that are in this movement, the believers who are Catholics, will leave the church. My name again is Christine Wyke. You can reach me at explainthis.us. Or you have also an email at explainthis at att.net. I appreciate your time today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.